Hey, how you doing, guys? This is Michael Rooker, and you're listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. And uh, keep listening and having a great time. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Nerd Culture Podcast, the greatest podcast in the world. In the universe. <laughs> in the multiverse. Run. My name Run. is David. 88 already. Yeah, we're up to 88. 88 <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> anyway, my name is David and uh, with me as always is Young Bo. Young Bo. <laughs> I never know what to say whenever you, whenever you give me. <laughs> I, don't ever, I don't ever have anything. That's cool. The fact that you don't have anything is your thing. And uh, we, okay. also, we also have uh, young Crystal with us today. Just barely. Uh, poor Crystal the and, lovely. Uh, and, and myself. Lovely. Yeah, lo- lovely Crystal and uh, myself are actually ill at the moment, so uh, we apologize if my, yeah. our voices, a bit, voices Bo's, are a bit Bo different. Bo says lovely, but we haven't got the video on Skype. <laughs> you, yeah. are, you are lovely. I'm I'm afraid I'm going to catch something somehow. I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, I'm going to get a virus on my computer or something. Somehow your sickness is going to screw me over. That's what we're going to do. We're going to infect you. Computer virus. I thought my chest hurts. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. This is sheer pain comedy. For this episode, uh, instead of the normal pop culture news uh, section, we're actually going to have a bit of a discussion on uh, something that happened online in the last week. Uh, there was a critique of uh, the cover of the new relaunch of Teen Titans number one from uh, DC Comics. Uh, the critique is done by uh, Janelle uh, Asselin and uh, on CBR and I just want to I just want to basically just discuss the critique itself and the reaction to it and just why that reaction kind of happened. I mean it wasn't unusual for it to happen on the, on the internet and that's and it's uh, it's an interesting situation so we're going to talk about that for a while. We're also doing our contest of champions, our beloved contest of champions. Now, for this, for this one, uh, this is actually this is Crystal's idea, thought up in a in a weird conversation we're having one night. But uh, this this contest of champions is, is going to be the Sea Quest DSV versus Jaws. Awesome! This is this is why I have you guys on the show. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so um, and to make it fair, I'm actually going to have two different types of jaws, but we'll get to that when we get to that segment. And we're also jaws have, and jaws two. Yep, jaws. We're actually well, funnily enough, it's going to be jaws one and jaws three. There you go. But we'll get to that when we get to the segment. Uh, then we have uh, Azerothian times, and uh, we'll finish up with coming soon. Supernova Expo was on last weekend here in Melbourne, which um, is why we're infected. <laughs> it's, it's not their fault. <laughs> them, them personally. Um, yes, it's it's a great show. It was it was a great show this year, as it always is. Um, the, the people behind Supernova just put on a, a you know a great event, and uh, many thanks to uh, the people behind the show who uh, made it possible for for me to attend. They had some cool people uh, as celebrities. Uh, Lucy Lawless was there. Uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, very exciting for for myself and the the NCP crew. They also had Kira Dulia, um, who played Dave in two thousand and one. Um, it was it was uh, very very cool. Actually, I actually even got to speak to him, and, and uh, he was lovely. He was a lovely dude. And I'll have a, I'll have that interview in uh, the next episode. Um, 
I also t- got to speak to my, Mr. Michael Rooker, but uh, that was a bit, <laughs> a bit of a disaster. Uh, not because not because of him; he was lovely. Uh, but right. I, I, you were the, a disaster. Well, yeah, I was a disaster. <laughs> it, was, it was I was a shame. It, it was a shameful performance from myself. And uh, but uh, that's fine. It was it's still made for some for some good comedy. But uh, we're actually going to have the audio from that on one of our Undercast Network programs. Barry, want to want to tell us about that? Uh yeah, so uh, if you're not familiar with Undercast, uh, that's the, that's the network UndercastNetwork.com. I do another show on Undercast called Talk the Walk uh, with another guy named David. It's an American David, so don't get don't get too confused. We're not crossing <laughs> streams here, um, and it's it's uh, it's a show all about The Walking Dead. Uh, I think we're going to be joined by uh, none other than uh, David from NCP next week. That's right, special guest star, if I do say so myself. Uh, we'll be we'll be doing that live too. Uh, people can tune in. Oddly enough, you have to go to ecnradio.com slash live, and it'll be Thursday American time, six or seven o'clock. Cool. We play it loose. We play it loose. So I mean, it may be six, <laughs> it may be seven. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Whenever. Whenever we finish our beers. <laughs> well, that'll be a bit early for me. So six, six o'clock American is. It's like, what is it Oh, yeah, you're right. It'll have to be be seven. Yeah, yeah, it'll have to be seven or eight. Five a.m. here. Sorry about that. That's right. I'm I'm very excited. It's going to be very cool. Uh, We'll have the audio from uh, my very interesting chat, (laughs) short chat with Michael Rooker. Um, And uh, I'm very, very excited to be on the show. It's going to be very cool. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, the show the show was great. Um, I I got to speak to uh, quite a few um, comic artists. I mean, uh, Ben Templesmith, who, who... uh, Pencil Thirty Days of Night was there. He was very cool. Um, Australia's own Ben Tilbersmith, um, and uh, I got to have a, a brief chat with uh, Mr. Michael Golden, who is uh, just a legend of the field, and uh, he was awesome. Uh, unfortunately, he was uh, didn't have a time for an interview at the time, but uh, I'm gonna see if I can get an email interview with him. But he was awesome. I got a, a commission, ordered a commission from him, um, and I also got to speak to uh, Mr. Mike McCone. Um, who was the uh, penciler on Teen Titans and Avengers Academy? Uh, I got a commission from him as well, so I finally I've finished my uh, my commission art piece that I've uh, it's two years in the making. Um, I'm a oh bit wow! Of, I'm a bit of, I'm a bit obsessed with uh, an Alan Moore story, an unpublished Alan Moore story uh, called uh, Twilight of the Superheroes, uh, and I got some art commission pieces done based on that storyline. Phil Jimenez. Uh, uh, doing Superman versus Shazam, and um, Freddie Williams Jr. doing uh, Supergirl versus Mary Marvel, and now finally I've got Mike McCone doing uh, Superboy versus Captain Marvel Jr. And so, uh, uh, lovely Crystal's going to frame that up for me, and it's just it's going to be magnificent. So it's I'm very very excited about that. And uh, and he was awesome. I got to uh, interview him, and it's actually it was the first video interview that I've done. Um, so please forgive me for uh, any mistakes on there, and and, and uh, thank you very much to Mike to doing it because uh, he was very unwell, and um, but he was a he was a champ, and he, he we got it done. It was awesome, and uh, it's actually up on uh, NCPTV.net. Uh, so check it out. It's the very first NCPTV.net video. So it's very very exciting, and uh, it looks great. Oh, like, thank I was you. really impressed. Oh, thank that's you very really much. Good. That's 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 very. I'm I, very I think there's a Grammy in your future. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't probably go that far, but uh, <laughs> is it Grammy? Music? Yeah, especially since Grammys for music. But, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. There's a uh, Oscar in your future. 
a golden globe maybe uh, no so it's it's globe. yeah it's it's got some framing issues because I was uh, all alone there was nobody there to help me do, some of us had do. to work too. <laughs> somebody was there making the big can bucks can I mention the doctor oh yeah <laughs> well at my work there's uh, I got to meet the doctor but he was like six years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you, sometimes you get lots of little kids come through dressed up as Superman or Batman or something. But this is the first doctor we ever had. This little kid, he had a little bow tie and a little sonic screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks up to the desk. I said, yes, doctor. And he's like, probably going to do a big grin because I recognized him. <laughs> we had this little conversation. He'd just been to his nan's house. And, of course, he'd used his TARDIS to get there. <laughs> I asked him oh, what, that's awesome. what, what year from the future was he from. And he said, 2016. <laughs> 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 and he wanted to know how, but how I knew so much about Doctor Who, obviously because I'm an old person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, because I watched him on telly. Then he wanted to know which one was my favourite, and I said, probably Tom Baker. He goes, that's what my dad always says. <laughs> uh, I said, yeah, but dad's probably the same age as me. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was interesting that you had a cosplayer at, at your work, considering yeah. I, was, I had a whole weekend of cosplayers. Yeah. Well, uh, I just wonder where I thought he'd come from, but no, it just come from Nan's house. Yeah, when you first told me, I was like, what, did he just come from the show? Like, yeah. No, just, just standard stuff for you. That's just what he does. But uh, I was surrounded by cosplayers all weekend, and uh, i got to tell you, just the level of skill and uh, attention to detail and just, just dedication on these people, which just amazes me every year. But I go to these cons, I go to like three or four cons a year, and... Uh, Every time I'm just blown away by just you know just just how into it these people are, um, and this year uh, as uh, part of NCP TV we got um, our latest crew member uh, Silhouette uh, who is our new pop culture reporter and she uh, did some um, some interviews uh, for us so uh, at this time I was actually able to get behind the camera and still stuffed it up I'm like I'm zooming in and stuff like that like yeah, an idiot first time <laughs> it was pretty bad but anyway and uh, <laughs> so I'll try and edit that out. Uh, but that's real exciting. So as soon as I, I've got those edited together, I'll get those up on the NCP TV and uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel. So uh, check those out. Let me know what you think. And if uh, you've got any pointers for David, just shoot them our way. I've actually got, I got an email this morning with some uh, with some pointers. It was awesome. I just want to just a quick shout out to Frankie. Uh, thanks, man. Very very cool. Uh, your videos are awesome. You sent some links. Just to make me feel bad, send some links of some of the stuff he did, and uh, and I was like, "Come on, man, don't don't rub it in." <laughs> so uh, thanks, Frankie. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks Frankie. Lot, Frankie. But uh, no, but he's awesome. He's actually he had a cool idea. He's going to uh, just like our magic game between me and Bo. He's going to uh, we're going to video Skype and he's going to show me some stuff. So uh, that's cool. Some free free tutoring. Awesome because that stuff. Yeah, is crazy. can't so, beat that. I know, can't beat that. So that's awesome. Thanks, man. So, uh, so let's move on to our pop culture news slash discussion. All right. So, as I alluded to in the intro uh, last week or so, Miss Janelle Asselin, uh did a, a review of, well, basically a, recrit- a critique of the cover of the relaunch of Teen Titans on uh, website CBR and. Uh, the, the critique itself is, is interesting. We'll get to that in a second. But it's penciled by Kenneth Rockefort, and uh, she she had some issues with it. Uh, the the overall review itself was was a tad nitpick, nitpicky. I, I do do believe um, there was you know a couple of things that had she had issues with that I really didn't think was that all that much of a problem. So you know sense, sense of perspective and and the artist's signature and all that sort of stuff. But 
That being said, um, her major concern was the fact that the cover features Cassie, who is a uh, Wonder Girl, um, front and centre with uh, quite large breasts. Now, that in itself is not that big of an issue because, how, as she points out herself in her review, that uh, teen girls, there are teen girls that have large breasts, and that's not really a big deal. But what really concerned her was that that, that particular character is just generally being portrayed with not having you know such large breasts and uh, and the fact that they appeared to be fake to her so the way they were sort of drawn they were quite large and um could only be surgically enhanced in her opinion um i kind of i i disagree with that they they are, they are sort of portrayed as large and uh, but they look you know pretty normal to me but you know i'm no expert i'm no artist but um so her concern was it's like why is there a teenage girl being portrayed that this way when she isn't normally um and you know she's you know she's front and center and sort of all the attention is on her and that sort of stuff and then she, then she sort of talked a bit about how uh she wishes dc comics could make her their comics a bit more accessible to the female reader which is i totally totally agree with i mean it's it's fairly yeah. obvious that dc comics are not interested in female readers at all um and uh are quite clearly, as, as we've mentioned many times on the show, that they're, they're, DC Comics New Fifty Two is quite clearly uh, designed to appease, you know, the sixteen to thirty-year-old white male audience. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you can't argue that fact. It's, it's simple. It, you can see it in every single comic they do. And she also, but she also then made a point about how the most popular Teen Titans franchise was the Teen Titans cartoon on Cartoon Network, and you know, why couldn't they have done it a bit more like that? Um, I disagree with that. It's, I mean, it's not meant to be a Teen Titans cartoon comic. There was a Teen Titans cartoon comic, and that failed miserably. So it's, you know, this this is not the Teen Titans of the cartoon universe. This is a completely different Teen Titan of the DC New Fifty Two universe. So I thought that point was a bit was a bit silly. But I do want to I do want to talk about your your guys' opinions on uh, the article, the, the sort of the critique itself. Uh, and then I, then I want to sort of move on to the the reaction to it because that's that's the thing that sort of interested and slash horrified me the most. So uh, we'll start with Yumbo. So I mean the critique itself, like uh, the cover. Just talking about the cover, I actually like the cover except for the the point that she she brings out that this character is not normally portrayed in such a sexual manner. Um, if this character wasn't a Teen Titan, if this was Wonder Woman on the character, you know, a character that is above the age of 18, has been portrayed more, you know, voluptuously, we'll say. Yeah. I actually like the cover. I think that she mentions a problem with perspective. I don't really see any problem with perspective. There's, I read it. I read another article uh, where they were interviewing the writer, and uh, he talked about how there's clues in this cover um, towards the, you know, the story inside. Um, so, I mean, I think overall it's a good, it's actually a good cover. And but I agree with her. The problem with it is, is a character that's not normally portrayed uh, very sexually, who's in the Teen Titans book, which is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a younger audience. Well, I don't know. In the comics, actually, a lot of older people read that one. But it's just a character that shouldn't be portrayed sexually. You know? Yeah. See, so that's that's the thing that sort of gets me is I I don't think she actually read the original Teen Titans series that first came out. Um, which failed, and uh, which, by the way, I I didn't either. I, okay, I, well, read I, I flipped through. Times. I flipped through because I've got them all. So I flipped through them all this morning, and uh, the majority of the time, um, she would be right. I mean, she's actually, especially to start off with, Cassie's portrayed sort of quite muscular, and uh, and her, her breasts clearly aren't as big. But there are there are quite a few 
instances where she is, where her breasts are just as large as these. There's actually one really ridiculous shot of her uh, unconscious on the ground lying down and her breasts are just, you know, supernaturally enhanced in some way. It's ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> it's so hard like, to talk like, about this yeah. without, without sounding... You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard to talk about. Yeah, I'm cool. I mean, she's, she's a fictional character drawing on a page. So I've, I've got no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, that's literally that, what the article's about. That particular panel sort of sort of, uh, sort of, of threw me. Um, I do I do disagree with her, with her sort of thing that's like, well, no no girl with breasts these large would be wearing this outfit, you know, to fight crime and stuff. It's like, come no, on. No, no sensible girl. Would. Yeah, no sensible girl. Like, I mean, I would. I mean, this is, this is a comic book. No sensible person yeah. would, would be wearing anything these people wear. Yeah. Lycra is, yeah. is, is, yeah. is a privilege, not a right. If you were out there fighting crime, <laughs> yeah. there's no way you'd dress up like one. I know. Woman. I mean, that's no, ridiculous. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd that, never dress up like Robin. You know, I mean, like you'd never dress up like Having said like that, it does look like the top is about to slip down as soon as she lifts her arms up. Yeah, yeah. and that, I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but making critique about the, what, the outfit that she's wearing. You know, it, considering that she's been wearing that outfit for you know two years now, is is kind of weird. But I mean, I do. But but, but I see. You're, so you're sort of agreeing with her in terms of the, the the size of the breasts and the fact that she's a teenager, right? Here's my yeah, exactly. Here's okay. my understanding of this. And again, I've never read the comic. For all I know, she could be 26. Yeah. But my understanding is that she is probably under the age of 18. Why are we in sex sales? That's why they put these kind of covers on comics. Yeah. But why? Would they sexualize a character that's under the age of eighteen? Yeah. Okay. So, Crystal. Well, my thing is, why sexualize the character at all, even if she's twenty-one? It just goes back to that whole thing that they're, they're just marketing towards males the whole time. They, they don't sexualize the males all that much. I mean, okay, Soup's might look okay in his skin-tight lycra suit, but he's never overtly sexualized. No, um, and, and I agree with that too. Now we're starting to see stronger women writers and artists, and and even women characters and heroines in comics. But they're still they still are not getting rid of that like sex sales mentality. Like they're still not getting rid of of the sexualized costumes uh, positioning. I remember the Catwoman issue that was like what a uh, year ago, two years ago. Uh, the new fifty two. Uh, I think it was a New 52 book. It was like an impossible pose, but it was just because they wanted to show both the T and the A yeah, on the cover. It. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it really it, it, it really is kind of ridiculous. And in, in a way, as a male reader, it's almost insulting, too, that they think I'm just going to buy a book just because of the cover, too. Well, right, because you know? yeah, is it, is it going to come to a point where you say, like for, like for the Playboy magazine, you're saying, I'm just buying the comics just for the stories? And are people yeah, going to believe you as much as they believe when the you pictures. talk about Playboy? <laughs> I just buy Playboy for the articles. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> but um, no, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think talking about whether they're surgically enhanced or not sort of belies the point a little bit. But the fact is, they're there. They're being thrust out at your face, and she's a teenager. Like I've got a cousin her age with the same name, and if she was portrayed that way. I would not be happy. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You're right. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure her parents would not be happy either. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to play sort of devil's advocate in this just to just sort of make the conversation interesting. But actually, I don't think she's overly sexualized in this picture. I think she's compared to... Compared to some compared, of the Compared to some of the other stuff, especially Starfire. Yeah. I really... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I actually think she... I actually think, I think this cover's, you know, pretty cool. I actually... 
I don't see any problem with this, to be honest with you. And She's wearing I, a is skin that, tight red foil suit. But that's what she wears. But why does why does she have to wear that? This conversation is it's easy to target comics because comics comics have these ridiculous costumes on both the men and the women. Now the women's costumes are way more sexualized than the men. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think the bodies are offensive. Like I don't think her body, I don't think her breast size is offensive. I can see how it would be offensive as far as like what she's wearing or what some other female comics like Psylocke, like some characters wear Psylocke. in comparison to just like Captain America. Like Captain America looks ridiculous. I mean, like I'll never yes, look like does. Captain America, but he's not tramps. He's not bouncing around with like half his junk hanging out in some <laughs> weird costume. He's fully covered, you know, well, women that, are hardly ever fully covered in the same way. It reminds me of, um, I saw a picture done of the Avengers as if they were drawn as if they were, Pose like women yeah. would be, which we'll, we'll put a link to in the show notes. Which really illustrates was, this that point that you're just making that the, the women are always portrayed in a sort of a sexual manner in a pose like that, whereas the men aren't. Even though, yeah, I mean the outfits aren't all that much different unless you get to like ridiculous characters like Psylocke <laughs> and Starfire. <laughs> but uh, I just I've never I've never been a, a staunch feminazi kind of person i've always been pretty laid back about it i've never been discriminated against because i'm a woman i've never felt the need to go and stand up for my female rights because i felt pretty equal most of my life i think it's the way i've been brought up and the people i've been dealing with but there are women out there who do feel a bit marginalized i mean i'm not even one of those women who say we should have more women in parliament i I don't think we should have women in parliament just to fill a quota i think they should be there if they can do the job but over the past few years uh just flipping through comics every now and then because just because i'm exposed to it i'd get really annoyed at these ridiculous poses that women are put in and it, it's like they're they're being used for lack of a better word i mean the women are there just to look good whereas the men do all the actual stuff and even if oh, the yeah. women are doing the actual stuff like are kicking badass they've still got their their ass and their boobs in your face while they're doing it with a minimal amount of clothes on it's just ridiculous dress them in like that too and market it towards adults yeah like so many characters were made up whenever men ruled everything and the women were added in as side little ditzy uh, reporters and like you know just to accent the male they were yeah. they were accessories to the male character and, and and now we're moving away from that. We're starting to see comics that have like strong women characters, like in Saga. I don't ever want to pick up a comic because that's what I'm going to be confronted with. So one of the it, one of the interesting uh, things that I find about this is uh, like you know, like you're talking about how you like you never want to pick up a comic. So um, it, at an episode or two back, uh, by you were talking about how we were talking about uh, the Lego Movie, and uh, uh, it, was, it was it was a good way to get your siblings into comics. With that in mind, is you, you, you I mean you have a younger sister. Is yeah. like is like under ten or something. So is is what sort of comics would you get her into? I mean, would you just take her to the comic shop and just let her sort of look around, or would you sort of actually try to sort of pinpoint some specific ones? My little sister's name is Lydia. Just knowing Lydia, it would be Doctor Who and probably Teen Titans. I mean, I know we're having controversy over this cover, but given this news story aside, she knows Teen Titans because of the Cartoon Network thing. Um, so I mean, I probably would would show her that first. But I don't know. You know, I mentioned Saga. Wait, wait, that's fascinating. In in Janelle's report, she was talking about how 
that the, the, the Titans should be more like the Titans cartoon, but they clearly are not. So are you saying you would still yeah. point it towards this Titans comic because she knows who the Titans are because of TV, even though you know that these Titans are completely different? Oh, I have no idea because I've never watched the TV show or read the comic, but I know she knows. I know she knows the title, so I would be like, "Oh, hey, check this out, Teen Titans." You watch them on Cartoon Network, you know, and maybe that's a problem. Yeah. Maybe if that's how most people identify them, then they should be more careful, you know, who they market this towards. I don't have any kids. I don't read any comics that are not geared towards adults. I mean, like everything I read has cursing, uh, even some nudity and lewd acts in it, you know. <laughs> if I had kids, if I, if I just just that's just what I'm into. All right, uh, no, don't judge me. <laughs> We're not here to um, judge. But if I had if I had kids, I would pay more attention to this, right? But I wouldn't send my kid into a DVD store and tell him to pick out a movie on his own either. I mean, yeah, I would want to I would want to limit pretty... what he's allowed to watch. And I would if I had a kid, I would be aware of those types of comics. Like I would try to keep an eye on what's a good book that I could introduce to the age bracket that my son is, you know? Yeah, but um, you're coming from someone who knows comics. What, what about someone who doesn't? And there are people out there who would just assume comics are for kids and just send them in there without thinking. Well, that's their problem, a, That's their bad parenting. They, they should, if they're yeah, sending, their if they're bad, sending, if they're sending a kid I'm into sorry. a comic shop and they don't understand what comics are, then it's up to them to police what their child watches or reads. But I guess I guess my point is, how obvious is it to the child whether well, the comic's for them or not? They all have ratings. Mid-Teen Titans is rated teen. It's a little teen. It's in not going to gonna be obvious for the child. I mean, it's yeah. not going to be obvious for the yeah. child. And, but that's and, the parent's job. But what yeah. I'm saying is that it shouldn't it be more the comics, it shouldn't be like DC Marvel, shouldn't they target their marketing a bit more? You would more? think. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't read anything by the big two anymore because it, it's it's in this in-between stage where the storyline feels too simple to me, and I feel like it is for kids, but yet there's stuff in it like you know that we don't want our kids to see. Exactly. So like, it's in this in-between stage where I just don't care about it anymore. I mean, I'm reading you know much more indie stuff and image stuff than than anything by the big two, and and this is and this is part of the reason why is I kind of feel like they should market towards a younger audience. I don't know. I, just... I guess that the, that the, here's the point I'm trying to make is it would be good if they wanted to have these overtly sexualized comics, have them and be a bit more equal in them. Don't just have the sexualized females, have sexualized males as well, but market them towards the adults and then have a range for kids as well and make it clear which one's which. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, let's I agree. Move, let's, let's move on to the uh, the actual the fallout from, from, from it. Um, this is disgraceful. Stuff. After the after the review came out, um, we you had, and and I'm ashamed to say this. This is why I wanted to talk about it. But after the review came out, you had the typical reaction, and it's it's really it's really just not good enough. And and I just I I mean I do I I mean I, I agree that some people would get a bit upset about it. Interestingly enough, I haven't read anything from Kenneth Rockefeller with his opinion on it. But um, one of his uh, friends and colleagues, Brett Booth, um, was quite upset uh, by this review uh, by this critique. Um, I don't quite and, understand. I mean, he didn't even draw it. Yeah, but it's his friend, though. They're obviously they're obviously protégés. I mean, Kenneth Rockford draws very much like Brett Booth. Yeah, but it's very personal. Yeah, it, well, yeah, well, Brett Booth sort of made it sort of personal, and and it's and it's a bit of a shame. And I don't think he said anything horrible, uh, much unlike the comments on the CBR article itself, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, but he, but he was quite upset about it, and and uh, it was quite perplexing, and, and and like Crystal said, made it sort of personal. But he's he's not the only one. I mean, he's, uh, he's other people sort of you know got involved, you know, and 
uh, especially, like I said, the comments on the board. Now, the comments ranged from uh, people agreeing uh, to people who were sort of, you know, half and half, which, you know, like ourselves, you know, sort of we agree with sort of like the overall, overall sexualization, but sort of felt that the rest of it was a bit nitpicky. And then you had, um, I don't know, there's no other word to really use other than scumbags. The rape threats. Um, the rape threats is just unnecessary. It's just unbelievably just crass and just and just kind of scary. Um, it's sort of so basically, it's quite common usage uh, in the game online gaming world um, to say that when you beat someone, uh, you know, when you kill someone or something, that you have in fact raped them. Um, or you know you you know you get you have a bad streak and you're just like oh well, I've just been raped or something like that, and I find that unbelievably offensive. Uh, but what I'm finding now uh, in in my beloved comic world is even worse. Is when readers don't agree with someone's opinion or something's happened to their character that they don't like, i.e. Superior Spider-Man, um, that they throw out this you know you should be raped or I hope you are raped, or whatever the case may be. And what the hell is that about? I mean, unbelievable. I I mean, it's like, I mean, Dan Slott got, it's it's fascinating, think about this. A female writer writes an article that people are upset, that upset some people, and, you know, fair enough, some people should be upset, but, and she gets rape threats. Dan Slott, supposedly, I mean, obviously it was never going to happen, but kills off (laughs) Peter, and he gets death threats. Why was he not getting rape threats? It's you know it's because she's a woman, and it's just it just really get, really boils down to sort of two sort of major factors that I want to talk about is why do men and it's always men why do men react this way online when they wouldn't normally do this in real life you would hope, um, and secondly why are women treated the way they are in not only the comic industry and or you know just in in online presences. It makes me glad that I don't have a huge online presence because I, I don't generally see any of this stuff until it's reported back. It, it's almost as if it, 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 it feels like it's coming from a place where they feel threatened. Yeah. And they're lashing out, and I, I don't quite understand why. Yeah, maybe. I think it's interesting, the difference in responses, and I didn't think about that, about the death threat, death threat to a male versus rape threat to a woman. Um, but I think I can explain... I think I do understand... Not that it's, I agree with it, but I think I understand what the phenomenon is that happens that that causes these, you know, extreme trolling comments. And that's trying to stand out in the list of comments. I mean, I think that these people are so angry, they have no, they have no way to respond other than the comment section on this. And what makes their comment any different than the previous one? Well, they have to one up that person and I can, I can say something with the keyboard um, you know, that I would never say to somebody's face, but I can be loud, obnoxious, and the loudest, most obnoxious thing um, is to say that they're going to rape her. You know what I mean? I mean, like, that's that's the the, the thing that they can do that they're trying to one-up everybody else in the in the list, oh, you know? I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that, that, that does make a lot of sense. So it's like the modern scumbag equivalent of uh, invoking Hitler and the Nazis. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Hitler loved his dog. Yeah. <laughs> But it's <laughs> this dog. Uh, but like, yeah, it's it's. But that still doesn't explain the whole rape versus versus uh, death thing. And I, and I think it's just that same mentality where you're trying to be the loudest person in the room, and it's just completely impossible to be the loudest person in the room. That same mentality is well, what what's the worst thing I can do to just show my ownership of this person? 
and I mean, in the case of a male, you'd probably kill them, and in the case of a female, you'd probably rape them. And again, this is a very primitive, you know, Neanderthal thinking, but I, I think this is kind of what the whole thing boils down to. I think is you hit the nail on the head. Is it dude. also a bit of a misogynistic, I'm a male, get out of, you're a female, get out of our male world thing? Because, I mean, that's, of course that's what it, it is. It's, it's also a pre- prevalent with the online gaming as well. I mean, I don't online game, but women who I know that do, they, they cop a lot. Like, as, soon as, you, as soon as it's known that you're a woman online, uh, you get attacked. But uh, so um, Andy Corey from uh, Comics Alliance did a, a follow-up article on this, basically just saying, you know, guys, this is really just not good enough, and uh, and sort of asked, you know, did a call out for people just to sort of stop it. So if you see, if you're, I mean, if you're a, if you're the person doing it to stop, because really, I mean, be a grown-up, and b, if you see someone else doing it. Call it out. Say, look, that is not acceptable. You know, mm-hmm. if if they're if they're someone who frequents your forum, ban them. And you know, and, unless they stop to, to agree to stop, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, the, uh, one of the comments from that article, I just I, I just found I, I thought it was the best comment on the article was just it's basically it's come to this. You know, I mean, it's basically it's come to the point where we have to have an article on why saying you should be raped is bad. And and he's totally. I mean, whoever, that person was totally right. I mean, we should never have gotten to the point where saying you should be raped as a threat of violence against somebody, male or female, has become acceptable. It's just—it's perfectly acceptable to disagree with the whole article if you want to, but totally be a grown up about it. Don't start making horrible threats. I mean, if you read that about yourself, if you read someone had said that to you. Just think about it for a second. How would you feel? It's it's just not on, and and you know, I guess I mean, like like Crystal said, it's I mean, you can you can disagree. I actually disagreed with most of her article, but I didn't want anything bad to happen to her because of it. I just thought, hey, I think you're wrong. I don't I don't want to turn this into sort of a sort of a preaching moment. I just I mean, we, we I find it unacceptable, and uh, and I'm glad as a group we do, and and as as a concept NCP, will I can promise you it'll never ever happen on here, and and uh, I just I really hope. As a society, we get to the point where it's unacceptable out there in the world. It's you know, it's I just I, that's my hope. I just really hope that it just really gets to that point. Thank you very much for that uh, fascinating discussion, and uh, I apologise if I sort of went on a bit of a rant for a while. But if you can't go on a rant on your own show, when can you go on a rant? That's right, goddamn. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to uh, our most most anticipated segment: contest of champions. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. For this episode of Contest of Champions, we're going to have a crystal suggestion, which was the Sequest DSV, 4600, versus Jaws. <laughs> Disclaimer, I was I was falling asleep as I made this suggestion. Do you, to, do you want to explain why I put those two together? Roy Scheider. <laughs> so for those, for those of you who don't know, the Sequest DSV is from the Sequest TV show, which starred Roy Scheider. And uh, he was the captain of the of the of the Sequest, which is this giant submarine. Um, and uh, as all fans of good movies will know, he's also he also plays uh, Officer Brody from uh, Steven Spielberg's Jaws, brilliant film. Um, so <laughs> unlike Sequest, the TV show, which was awful, right? <laughs> Come on, no, it was terrible. It was the terrible. First, the terrible. first season was alright. It was a lot of fun. The I've first, got a Sequest novel. The first season was okay. The second season was a disgrace to TV, and the third season was better than one and two, but still bad. 
it kind of felt like if Disney, if Disney, Star Trek, and Stargate like somehow got together and had a baby, <laughs> it would have been Sequest. <laughs> and we'll we'll keep we'll leave it with that image in your brain. Uh, so uh, so to make it a, make it a bit fairer, um, because Sequest versus Jaws, let's face it, it's, it's, Jaws doesn't stand a chance. So what I thought would be kind of cool is if we actually had two Jaws. <laughs> So we're gonna have Jaws. We're gonna have the. We're gonna have Jaws from Jaws one, and Jaws from Jaws three, which strangely enough was the biggest of the Jaws. I've done a lot of research. They're not the same shark. Of course, it's not the same shark. He dies at the the end of Jaws. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Now I don't need to. Have you never seen Jaws? Spoiler! Come on. What? The fact that you've never seen I'm not even going to call out, It came out when I was a child. I don't care. I don't I've like seen scary it. I'm not even going to call spoiler alert on that because seriously, you can figure it out. Surely you know he's going to die. Uh, anyway. You never know. <laughs> so, Sea Quest versus the Animatronic Truck. No, no, it's not the Animatronic one. We're going to pretend they're real. Let's not get silly. There might and, be like uh, a midnight twist at the end. It yeah, there could die. be some sort of twist. We're going to pretend they're real. Let's not get silly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so here's the scenario. I've done, a, I've done a lot of research for this. Stop picking on me. All right. So, I tried to make it as fair as possible. Here is the, here's the scenario. The Sequest DSV is called to assist an underwater research station that is being threatened by a very large great white shark. While attempting to capture this impressive specimen, they accidentally kill it. Upset by this, but unable to do anything more, they continue on their way. Which is pretty much all that happened in that show, anyway. The next, the next day, though, the of course su- they had fish and chips. <laughs> the next day, the sub is rocked by a massive impact, and most of the crew are thrown to the deck. The outside camera reveals two impossibly large sharks outside. Impossibly large. Well, they are ridiculously large. <laughs> One is on a collision course, and the other appears to be turning around for another attack. And the overhead speakers, for some mysterious reason, have this tune coming out. The battle begins. Alright, so let's throw some stats out there. So like I said, the Sea Quest is a is a submersible, so it stands for obviously for deep sea vehicle. Uh, it's uh, one thousand feet long. It has uh, eighty eight military and hundred and twenty four science personnel. It can travel at uh, one hundred and sixty knots, which is one hundred and eighty miles per hour, which is Pretty fast. It's uh, coated in a genetically engineered bioskin that remains inert against most marine bacteria and organisms. Um, I actually don't know what that skin was for. <laughs> Sorry. Organisms, organisms. Right? <laughs> Well, it's inert against <laughs> orgasms as well. But yes, organisms. Anyway, but it looked cool. Anyway, stop. Leave me alone. Um, and it could repair itself if it got damaged. Uh, it has a crush depth of more than nine, nine kilometres. Uh, it's equipped with a complement of standard torpedoes as well as nuclear-tipped SLBMs, uh, sea-to-air missiles, uh, state-of-the-art lasers, and a specialised grapnel ter- t- torpedo, which was ridiculous, basically a grappling hook, seriously. It's the tractor beam. It's the underwater tractor beam. It's the beam. underwater version of a tractor beam. And they're also, yeah. they're also equipped with a series of sort of uh, probe, sensor probe things called whiskers that could be controlled by the by the guy on deck and they basically just flew around and just looked at stuff it was kind of kind of pointless Swing. as you can probably guess I hated that show uh, the Jaws is now they've got two different Jaws so we've got, we've got it's one more thing that the Sequest is equipped with 
Darwin. The dolphin. Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> one of those. One of those crew is in fact a genetically engineered dolphin called Darwin, and a, a uh, talking think, dolphin. Yeah, a talking dolphin. So we'll, we'll, it's important that you brought that up. He you. talks through the the ship's speakers, though, doesn't he? It's yeah, he's got like a little device that he yeah. yeah that he talks through. Yeah, he's like a walkie-talkie do- dolphin. <laughs> walkie-talkie. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Anyway, so the sharks. So the sharks. Jaws one. Uh, is the shark from Jaws 1, otherwise officially known as Bruce. Uh, he swims at 60 feet per second. He's 25 feet long and has a 6-foot wide mouth. And he looks like a great white shark. Um, he's, the one that's, uh, coming, he's the one that's coming on a collision course. The one that's swimming around for another attack is the shark from Jaws 3. Now, I picked Jaws 3 because it's uh, a female shark. It's specifically pointed out to be female. That's and that's the head. that's the mother... I don't believe it had a name. And that's the, the mother of the shark that they accidentally killed at the research station. You see, it's all worked out. Bruce I put a lot of research uh. into this. Um, anyway, so uh, she can swim at 50 feet per second. She's 35 feet long and has an 8-foot wide mouth. The reason I didn't pick the one from Jaws 2 is because it's basically just a carbon copy of the one from Jaws 1. And the one from Jaws 4... Ridiculous. Both sharks can swallow a human whole. So there you go. So Jaws, Jaws 1 is uh, on a collision course, and Jaws, uh, well, 2 or 3, depends how you look at it, Brucette, as we'll call her, uh, is on a, is swimming around for another attack. Let's hit it. Barry, what do you reckon? I mean, couldn't they couldn't they just fire a torpedo at them? Uh, well, well they, they can't fire torpedoes because they can't, uh, they can't get a lock, we'll say. We'll say they can't get a lock. And, okay. uh, and Darwin, being, you know, being Darwin... He swims out there to, to see what he can do, and so they're too scared they're going to hit Darwin. Well, I, I think Darwin is a dead dolphin. <laughs> there's, I mean, he's tuna out there. He's there's, no way, there's no way that he's surviving an attack from a 60-foot shark and a 50-foot shark. Um, <laughs> but he is, however, he is faster than them, though. Hmm. Do sharks really get And dolphins do kill sharks in the, in the, in the real, real life. Dolphins not fifty foot ones. I mean, yeah, no, no. Darwin's not that big. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, That's a good Darwin's point. just a normal, normal sized dolphin. <laughs> just, just so we don't upset anybody, I will say that Darwin doesn't die, but he doesn't do anything significant either. No animals were harmed in the making of this segment. That's right. No, but, he's, uh, he's dead. Man. Him, him he's being dead. him being out there actually even makes it worse with this uh, sequence because they can't fire their torpedoes. Yeah, which means Captain. So, I mean, if I were the sequest, I would wrangle. Darwin in. Although I do, I do. I mean, Darwin has a mind of his own. I do remember a few episodes where, you know, Darwin was off and they were trying to find him or get him to come back or something. So I mean, he may not. He may not come back even though they wanted to. Uh, I just don't. I don't see how these sharks stand a, stand a chance against this <laughs> thousand foot long DSV. Yeah, the SUV of the future. <laughs> the SUV of the future. I sort of, I sort of see, I see it like this, right? So the, the cameras reveal that the that Bruce is on a on a collision course, and you got Bruce coming around for another hit, and uh, yeah. and Roy Shiner, Captain uh, Captain Bridger. Oh, that's right. He that's uh, he, he sees him on camera, and he's and he's and he's shocked as this look comes over his face, and he's like, "You bastards! I finally got a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me!" And then basically just Where's... blast them out of the ocean. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah, let's, let's be honest. They don't stand much of a chance. <laughs> no. But we'll say, we'll, say they, we'll say they put up a bit of a fight. I mean, Bruce, Bruce rams the Sequest. Yeah, it does probably more damage to himself than to anything else. <laughs> and, yeah, and they I mean, can, they, they the can sequest... soak a lot of damage, these sharks. 
They can't, but the Sequest self heals, and the sharks really can just can just ram it. There's nothing they could bite other than Darwin. Yeah. <laughs> and Darwin's honestly probably too small for it to bite. It probably would just be like you know swallow it whole. It'd be like a whale like sucking in tuna. <laughs> I mean sucking in uh, shrimp as it you know. <laughs> <swims the last. laughs> Darwin's so, <laughs> so after a couple of rams, I mean they do. They I mean like the films do show they do suck quite a lot of damage. So we'll say they they managed to ram the Sequest a couple of times. And uh, do a bit of damage, but like you said, it self heals. And then yeah, and they rammed that little boat on Jaws one like a couple times, and it it didn't destroy the boat right away. So I mean, the Sea Quest will survive a couple rams. Yeah, and then uh, because they now, can't use they now, can't use their torpedoes, they'll have to use their lasers. Now here's the thing, though: the Sea Quest wouldn't want to kill them. I mean, they would they would want to study them. So I mean. They would probably try to find Good a point. way to subdue them as long as it wasn't going to injure the ship or the crew. Good point. Ah, good point. So you re- we reckon this, this grapple grapple tor- torpedo business? Yeah, I'd say they. I would say they would go for some sort of grapple and try to wrangle them in and study them somehow. Well, uh, now, does the ship have any sort of like? Is there any way? I know Darwin has like tunnels that he swims through on the ship, but they're not big enough for. You know, fifty foot shark. You think they have some sort of uh, caging area or you know uh, oh, aquarium area that they could actually bring them in? And if the they did, that could be their demise. They could destroy the ship from the inside. Ooh, I like it. So they, uh, <laughs> I mean, the ship's a thousand feet long. Surely they've got some sort of place they can put them in. I mean, in Star, least, Star, right? Star Trek, they you know they they build a, a whale tank inside of a bird of prey. I mean, surely they've got something here. Yeah, they but could they use. need yeah. a transparent aluminum. Yeah, transparent aluminum. Hello, computer. But uh, <laughs> I like I like the way he thinks. So because that, but I, I want some blood though. I want blood, and uh, Captain Brody would want some blood too, or Captain Sherrod. Uh, well, he's, he's just, so, he's just, he's Dar- his Darwin's just been eaten for lunch, so he's a bit enraged. Yeah, <laughs> so he's already angry that uh, that they attacked him in, at, at Amity Island, <laughs> and he now he's even more upset that Darwin's been being chomped in two, or swallowed whole. Let's face it. So, uh, oh no, we'll say swallowed whole. I'll come back to that later. Darwin's been swallowed whole. <laughs> so he uh, he uses his laser to destroy the biggest of the sharks. So Brucette gets destroyed with, with some lasers. We'll just finish her off. I mean, really. And then uses the grapple tor- the torpedo to capture Bruce. Bruce is now inside the, the, the DSV and just goes mental. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame it's not video because I actually just we did go mental. And he just goes mental. <laughs> Jaws 4, Bruce goes mental. There is already Jaws 4. Jaws 5, Jaws Bruce five. goes mental. <laughs> Straight to DVD. Um... <laughs> And causes a whole bunch of damage inside. He could call. He could cause a whole ble- whole breach. Whole now, breach. Would the DSV be able to repair itself like that fast? Before no, it only, it filled it with water it only repairs. It only repairs its skin. It doesn't. Re- if there's a whole breach, it's not going to repair that. Oh, well, they're they're screwed then. Oh, Jaws could actually win. <laughs> Only if the captain's stupid enough to bring it on the inside. Yeah, so we'll make it. So, so because well, I, I don't think he is out of revenge, but I think he might be out of out of fascination. I think I think the Sequest crew in the Sequest universe, <laughs> and not the Jaws universe, they they would be interested in studying a, a shark this size, a phenomenon like that. They would be interested in studying it. And despite it being a bunch of scientists, they did show themselves on a regular occasion to be complete idiots. So oh, they yeah. they would try and pull it off, but we'll make it because because it's incredibly implausible that Jaws would win this fight. So what what we'll say is 
is how I reckon it would go, is that, yeah, it, it manages to do a whole breach, but then they just rise to the surface. <laughs> I think in an all-out battle, if, if, if the DSV really knew, okay, we got to kill these two sharks, easy, bam, they're done. Yeah. They're just big pink swirls in the water after they're done with them. Yeah. But if they try to study them and it causes a whole breach... It might it might sink the ship, man. I don't know. <laughs> All right, my vote my vote is for DSV winning. <laughs> and I've, I've already given why, and I do also want to, want to point out, like I said earlier, that uh, Darwin was swallowed whole and manages to swim out. Of, uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> during the rampage, Darwin swims out unharmed. I just want to point that out to all, all you animal lovers out there. What happened to the Let's Not Get Silly? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think this is DS. I think this is DSV's fight. It's after after the shark goes. Goes mental and uh, does a whole breach. They just they just kill it. <laughs> just like bugger this. It's not worth it. What do you reckon? You you obviously disagree, Bo. You reckon Jaws has got it? No, it sounds good to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that works. Because I mean, even though it's, even if it's a whole breach and the ship sinks, there's going to be still areas where the shark can't get to. It can't kill all the crew because it's got to be in the water, and the, and and the crew aren't. Okay. So so the crew could kill the shark and then repair the ship and move on. Fair enough. So that's yeah. a big. So that's a victory for a sea quest. Yes. Done. Because <laughs> let's face it, it would have been just beyond belief if the sharks had won. Although I did, I do really like that whole breach. Though I didn't think of that during my exhaustive research that took me a good five minutes. All right. So, <laughs> and I've got things to do. Did better research than I did. I, don't, I did. Uh, I, I haven't seen the show since it was aired on TV. I was watching YouTube, YouTube clips. <laughs> I do. So. <laughs> I didn't even remember. I literally watched it like last year, like all the way through. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible show. Well, that was it. Uh, that was a contest of champions and uh, victory for the Seacrest. If you've got any suggestions for any future contest of champions or any you know, comments on on this particular one, uh, please send them in. Feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. Love to hear from you. Coming up next, we've got Azerothian Times. Um, I've only got just a couple of quick things about Azerothian Times. Uh, I don't know if Bo's got anything to add, but uh, uh, I just want to mention I'm sick to death of this bloody Dark Moon Eye business. Like, Dark Moon Fair was on last week. I played every single day. Still haven't won. <laughs> it's been five last, years, Blizzard. Come on. The last the last podcast we did, you said you were hanging up WoW for a while. Yeah, but I jumped on just for those, for those Dark Moon Fairs. <laughs> I would log in. In the morning, I wake up to go to work. I'd log in, do that that pet battle at Dark Moon Fair, and then log out, go to work. That's basically they what got, I was doing. They got you, man. They got a string tied around their finger. <laughs> Come on, Blizzard. Seriously, what is it going to take? <laughs> if I could do it on multiple characters, that'd be better. I could have multiple characters doing the fight, but no, it's accounts wide. Anyway, my only other article was uh, Hearthstone, which I've become a bit addicted to, but uh, not as addicted as trying to get this Dark Moon Eye. Um, is uh, now available on the iPad, so that's pretty cool. So Hearthstone uh, is uh, oh we've, wow, we've mentioned it quite a few really? times on the show. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, Blizzard's uh, Magic the Gathering style game, and it's it's pretty cool. I don't think it's quite as good as Magic the Gathering, but it's you know it's pretty good. Um, and it's yeah, it's now it's, fully, it's now fully compatible with uh, the iPad, and it just it looks very pretty, and it works works perfectly. It's awesome. Oh, it needed it needed that man. It needed that hardcore. Oh, I'm yeah. going to be playing a lot more Hearthstone now that that exists. Yeah, well, there you go. That, and that was that was their goal. So who's talking about the string on their finger now, boy? <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> this uh, let's see. I actually do have one thing to add to uh, Azerothian Times. Hit me. But but so this week I mentioned I was at the beach. 
I uh, actually brought my laptop, and it's not normally the computer I play WoW on, but I played be- I played WoW on the beach. I played WoW by the pool. I played WoW on the balcony. <laughs> like it was the best vacation I've ever had. I don't think that. I don't know. I don't know if that's cool or, or uh, kind of sad. <laughs> I I actually I actually tweeted a picture of um of me playing WoW on the beach, and I hashtagged it Warlords of Draenor, and a ton of people were were like commenting on it that I didn't know, but it was people that were following Warlords of Draenor. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a blast reading comics and playing WoW. That's all I did. That's and ridiculous. have you seen this Azerothian choppers? Yeah, they're like, ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I thought it was a. I thought it was an. I'm a fan of everything Blizzard does. I thought this was an April Fool's gag. I didn't. I never clicked <laughs> the link because I was like, this can't be real. It's got to be because they, they announced it around uh, you know the beginning of April. So I was like, it's got to be a joke. Yeah. Uh, but no, they 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 actually have. They're doing like webisodes. They're like I watched. Uh, I watched it today. They're doing like ten minute clips. They've got a horde team of yeah. motorcycle makers and an alliance team, and they have Chris Metzen and some bearded guy that I don't know representing Blizzard. And they're designing two different choppers. And then they they I guess at BlizzCon they took a vote for which was the better chopper. And that's going to be the outcome of the TV show. And they're actually going to put it as a mount in the game, whichever one wins. It's kind of cool. I'm going to keep up. It's only 10-minute episodes, so, I mean, it's not like I'm wasting any time by watching it. Let's be honest here. So do you really think it's kind of cool? Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> Once I'm, again, the string saying, on the finger. <laughs> I'm saying I, I'm, not, I'm not staying up on Wednesday nights to try to catch this thing at 8 o'clock. If I can play it. I'll play it. You know what I mean? <laughs> They've already got a chopper in, in, in the world. They don't need another chopper. Come on. Anyway, anyway, I, I find the whole concept ridiculous. Next it's, thing next thing you know, they'll have, uh, you know, a World of Warcraft-themed Survivor show. Get me to the chopper. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, oh, it's just, it's out of control. But anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad you're glad. <laughs> I think it's, I think that it is ridiculous, but I think that it's product placement. They're trying to promote Warlords of Draenor. And while I don't want to see them just put out stuff everywhere, you know, like, you know, like Kiss all of a sudden, but like at the same time, a little promotion is not bad. It can only help. And it's not like the show is not so ridiculous and over the top that it's unwatchable. I find all those sort of shows ridiculous. I reckon Blizzard should team up with um, like Bear Gryllis or something and start and do like a a show where he's going around capturing river crocodiles and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> those giant turtles and <laughs> Morlocks and stuff. It's like, oh no, there's a Morlock. You know, that's just that's just as ridiculous as it's going to get. It, it will get to that point, but uh, that show I'd watch. Uh, so that's it for Azerothian Times. Next up, we've got coming soon. In Australian cinemas, April twenty fourth, we get Transcendence. That's it. That's all we get. <laughs> uh, it's the the film debut of. Wally Pfister, uh, who is the cinematographer f- uh, for uh, a lot of uh, Nolan's projects, uh, Christopher Nolan's projects, so um, and uh, stars Johnny Depp and uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, a bunch of others. Um, it's an interesting concept. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it's it's about a, a guy who uh, dies and he he's physically his body dies and his brain is transferred into into an electronic world. The internet essentially, essentially, 
and uh, all the crazy stuff that happens. It's all about evolution and you know technology and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm interested. It's, uh, it hasn't re- reviewed the greatest, but uh, I'm still intrigued, and uh, I'll be checking it out. And that's all we got. That's that's it. We get all we get next week. So how about America, Bo? In America, we have a few movies coming out. The main one is Brick Mansions, which was uh, Paul Walker's last movie before he passed away. And uh, I really don't know what it's about or anything. The preview, it's like an action suspense movie. We have The Other Woman, which is like a a chick comedy. Um, It's basically the main characters are all seeing the same guy and they know that he's cheating on them. And so they're doing, you know, com- you know, hilarity ensues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Judging from the trailer, uh, hilarity does not ensue. But uh, an, impo- <laughs> an important fact for the other woman is that uh, it's the acting debut of uh, Katie Upton. So if you're a fan, check it out. Okay. And uh, lastly, I don't know anything about this movie, but The Quiet Ones. It the cover looks terrifying. It looks like a looks like a horror movie. Cool. Uh, so let's uh, finish up, and uh, Young Crystal has found some links. Just before we wrap up, you can get the checkout on YouTube. Um, interesting, it's just <laughs> some of the screenshots. There's some interesting screen derps there. They obviously don't get to choose what goes up on the <laughs> as a screenshot. Quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes half closed and his mouth half open. <laughs> so check it out on YouTube.com, the, the checkout. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to hear more of Young Bo, you can do so on ECN Radio at ECNRadio.com. And more importantly, you can hear from all of us uh, on the Undercast Network, which is UndercastNetwork.com. Oh, yeah. Undercast.com is not us. That's the Spanish website. But it, UndercastNetwork.com yeah. will take you to the correct place. That's right. And you can see uh, where you can see NCP, ECN, Film Flams. Talk the walk, and coming soon, heaps more. You can only get bigger and better from here. And don't forget, we have our contact details at the end of the show, but just uh, just for the highlights, if you have any comments, uh, it, we'd love to hear from you. Feedback at nocultrapodcast.com, and uh, don't forget our Amazon widget. And most importantly, don't forget NCPTV. Yay! And that's ncptv.net. Correct. Don't yes, put uh, .com because that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, no. Um, it's it, Apparently it, it's, it already exists, but I, there's nothing on there. It's just no, a blank bit. Um, so whoever bought ncptv.com, curses! But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's my, my video debut, and there'll be some more videos coming uh, pretty soon, so uh, check it out. And it links to our, uh, our YouTube channel and all that sort of stuff. Let us know what you think. That's it for episode 88. That's, me, that's it from me and the crew, Bo and Crystal. <laughs> Check out the checkout. <laughs> God. <laughs> Bye. See, it doesn't have to be funny, but. Bye. Bye. <laughs> www.nerdculturepodcast.com And email Feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com Facebook Facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast Twitter At nerdculturecast Now you can also Skype us uh, on nerdculturepodcast And you can rate and review us on iTunes And subscribe to the podcast 
And don't forget, we also have our Amazon affiliate widget on our website that uh, you can go, use to go through and purchase things through Amazon uh, with your own with your own account. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but we get a, a, a slice of the profits and um, a very small slice, but a slice nonetheless. It makes uh, us happy, and uh, which you know helps us uh, produce the show and uh, various other stuff. But also, it's just it's awesome. So if uh, if you could use that, that would be awesome. And thank you for listening. <laughs>